Hello, everybody, and welcome to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we discuss every single episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, as well as plenty of other things along the way. My name is Jenny. And my name is Ellie. And today we start with one of the most dreaded anime episode formats, tropes, whatever. Yeah, I think tropes is appropriate. We've got a little clip show episode that we're going to zoom through, but fear not. We're going to we're going to summarize that pretty quickly. Not much to talk about as it's mostly flashbacks. Uh, and then we're going to get into, you know, what I would argue is probably one of the top three duels of the series. So, you know, like, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Swings and roundabouts, you know. Honestly, this clip show, even though, you know, a clip show is a clip show, the framing device is not too bad because it's Yugi and Kaiba bitching at each other in a helicopter and Mokuba is also there. Recipe for some wonderful interactions, whether or not they're just there to facilitate flashbacks so yeah we we were just gonna jump right in and do this one episode i don't think this is gonna take very long to talk about this clip show but maybe it will take longer than we anticipate because there's definitely even though the scenes are the new scenes are very brief there is some interesting stuff that happens in them and i think you have you hinted to me before we started recording that mm-hmm. there was some classic four kids dub insanity going on. So, and by insanity, I want to say it's like it's not like something absurd happens. It's more of like they casually say something and the implications of it are insane, and then they just keep talking. And you're like, uh, what? Excuse me? Can you go back? What? Huh? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm very excited to hear about that. Okay, so today's first episode, um, episode number 74, is titled in um, the English dub, The Rescue, and it is simply titled Bonds in Japanese. Um, It aired for the first time in Japan on September 25th, 2001, and for the first time in the United States on June 14th, 2003. We dive into today's episode. Battle City Tournament is still going on. They sort of show a sort of bird's eye view of the city. Um, Duels are like taking place, blocking the middle of the street. I did kind of like the brief scenes of NPC duelist people and it's showing how the Battle City Tournament is affecting the city. I thought that was kind of cute. Also love, there's a guy who like complains to a cop and the cop is like, no, the Battle City Tournament is going on. Fuck you. And like, he's like, what? <laughs> like, I do imagine this like out of towner. I-, I would love this idea of like Domino City's like a bubble where everyone like takes dueling incredibly seriously. And so you just like drive through or you're an out of towner and you're like, why are these hooligans playing a game in the, s- game in the street officer? Officer? And the police officer is like, uh, are you trying to interrupt a duel? Ticket. <laughs> <laughs> So meanwhile, high up in the sky, Yugi, Kaiba, and Mokuba, Yugi, should I say, still in Yami form, so Yami, in the helicopter, um, they are flying. Uh, Mokuba informs them that he has pinpointed Joey's location, and they are trying to hunt him down because he has been kidnapped by uh, Merrick. First Mm -hmm. dub moment that I think is probably going to be different uh, we've discussed this before, but this is where it really amps up, where Yami's like, oh, they're like dark forces at work. And Ko- Kaiba very disrespectfully in the dub is like, that's bogus magic talk. What are you talking about? Before we get into too into that, and there's a couple more examples that we can... I think he does say, he says something is nonsense. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
I think the most blatant example is, so they're about to show a flashback of, like, Duelist Kingdom and Mokuba getting fucking trapped in a card. And basically, Kaiba yeah. is dismissive of this and is like, oh, that was, like, a cheap trick that wasn't actually, like, magic or anything mm. happening. That was just a... He doesn't clarify, but he's like, this is a cheap trick. Sub Kaiba does not dismiss... Um, Yami says something about the power of the Millennium Items, and Kaiba's like, this Millennium Items nonsense again? Um, and then Yami's like, you experienced the power of Pegasus's Millennium Item firsthand. Like, you got sealed into a card, too. Mm-hmm. And then it shows that whole flashback, and then it just kind of comes out of the flashback, and Kaiba's like, okay, so fine, what does the Millennium... This other Millennium Item... Like, why are we worried about it? He's... He's not dismissive of the possibility of magic. He just seems to be, like, dismissive of the whole concept, I guess. Do you know what I mean? It's like he, he it's acknowledges more like, that that really did happen. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, why are you asking me to bother about this? Like, what's the big deal? I want to talk about this later because there's some weird dialogue that I think may or may not be different in the dub about um, where Yami's, like, telling Kaiba, like, what the Millennium Puzzle does. Mm-hmm. Um, like, does that come up at all in the dub? Is he like, I'm the spirit of the pharaoh? Yes. That's about to happen. Okay. And so I thought that was interesting because I was like, oh yeah, Kaiba wouldn't really know, like, why the Millennium Puzzle is important at this point. Probably, right? Absolutely true. So this... Yeah. The dub is insanely frustrating here because it makes Kaiba aggressively anti-magic. I think we have talked about this, but a huge part of Kaiba's character is that... He is against learning from or thinking about the past. For him, it's like, I want to go forward. (laughs) I want to keep working. So, like, for him, I hear what you tell me and, like, the sub. Him getting huffy isn't necessarily, like, I don't believe you or I don't think that happened with Pegasus. He's more of, like, that situation is over. I got what I needed from that. He's like, why is it relevant now? It's not relevant. Combined with his, like, natural dickery comes off as, like, dismissive. In the dub, it explicitly, repeatedly comes up that he is like, you are lying to me, you are hiding something, magic is not real. So, Yami does the reveal of, I am actually not Yugi, I am, like, the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle, I'm 5,000 years old, which... Uh, Kaiba freaks out and is like, no, that's a lie. You're insane. Yami's like, oh, didn't you see those stone carvings with Ashizu? And we get another flashback of Ashizu talking to both of them. Kaiba reacts to this as sort of being like, oh, she's insane. I don't believe anything about what she told me. And it doesn't matter. I just want the god cards. Which, none of this is necessarily out of character, but the whole, like, All of this magic stuff is insane. He literally, like, they don't get any resolution because he's literally like, oh, you're lying to Yami. It's not like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Or it's very much the, you know, the the TV trope. You're you're usually the one who brings up TV tropes. But the TV trope that's flat earth atheist. Yes. Where someone is just like, oh, the gods aren't real or whatever. Magic isn't real when they've seen so much evidence. That I, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Like, the reason that people don't believe in magic in real life is because there isn't solid evidence for it. Like, if you're scientifically yes. minded and then you're presented with very convincing, you literally experience your soul being sucked out and put inside of a trading card. I don't feel like it's realistic to be like, magic doesn't real. It just doesn't make sense for Kaiba, I don't think. Yes. I think him being in denial about his connection to the ancient Egypt stuff and the Pharaoh stuff, I think I buy that more than him dismissing magic entirely because I feel like that's like a, like a character thing about like his conception of himself. 
Absolutely. I think that, like, you're the reincarnation of a powerful, like, sorcerer from ancient Egypt is, like, a harder pill to swallow than, like, ancient Egyptian magic exists. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think Kaiba's mindset is basically, like, all this stuff might exist. And I don't know how he responds to the reveal in the sub. We can talk about that in a little bit. But I think, like, the thing is, he is very much the lack of control or the lack of, like, self-determination that being someone's reincarnation would trigger in him would cause him to go into, like, that doesn't apply to me. But I believe all of this kind of stuff... The problem is he wouldn't frame it as believing. He's like, I'm going to use what, like, whether or not it's true is almost irrelevant. It's more of like, what can I use to put myself ahead? And he would have such hatred thinking about, like, he had any lack of control or self-determination. And that's what the reincarnation and, like, direct stuff is. Like, all the God card stuff. I mean, I genuinely believe, there's, like, future things that I think kind of affirms this. That he's like, yeah, I believe these cards have more power than just, just being playing cards. But he's still more practically focused. So I think the dub going like, I just hate magic. I'm a excellent trope usage. I'm a flat earth atheist gets like a little annoying, but it also has some pretty funny one-liners. Okay. I just looked it up. I, I just wanted to double check like the dialogue. Kaiba says, how dumb talking about all that occult crap again. And then Yami says, Kaiba, you experienced the power of Pegasus' Millennium item firsthand. Then there's a flashback. And afterwards I did, I think I might've missed this line. Sub Kaiba does actually say that was a trick, but they don't really like lean on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when he's talking about the Ishizu stuff, he says, I guess Ishizu was planting some weird ideas into your mind too. Mm-hmm. It comes off to me much more as like, I'm not sure I'm willing to believe Ishizu and all of this stuff, but like not completely dismissive of it, just somewhat dismissive. It's know? just an aggressively dismissive, which... Um, speaking Mm -hmm. of aggressively dismissive, two banger quotes. So, yet again, this is, it's more of just, like, them reacting to flashbacks, but the two thing, other things I noted were, A, at one point, Yami's just talking, and Kaiba interrupts him and is like, you're corrupting Mokuba with your lies. Stop lying in front of Mokuba. And I'm like, yeah, you've never lied. (laughs) Whatever. funny. (laughs) But also very cute kind of protective Mm -hmm. instinct. Uh, also... (laughs) At one point, Yugi's like, oh, Merrick is, like, controlling... He's controlling people's minds. We saw that with the rare hunters that we just dueled. I mean, the yellow glowy eye shit. Uh, And Kaiba says, oh, if you believe in magic powers that control people's minds, you must also believe in the tooth fairy. (laughs) (laughs) And Yami's like, fucking come on, dude. That part in the sub, Kaiba is like, well... It is psychologically possible to brainwash and control a person, which I I think the implication is like, well, he could be controlling them by just being very persuasive and like brainwashing techniques rather than actual mind control. You know, he's like, oh, is it really mind control? Is it really magical? Yami says, well, it's fine if you don't believe in it, but it, it is a fact that the ghouls have kidnapped Jinochi and my friends. So can we talk about the, essentially Yami tells Kaiba, I am not... Yugi, I'm the soul that lives inside of the Millennium Puzzle. Actually, what I actually thought this was an interesting line. In the sub, he says, I'm the soul sealed inside the Millennium Puzzle. Right now, I am both Yugi and not Yugi. That's fucking baller. Which I thought was cool. It says some interesting things about, like, how Yami is, like, conceiving of himself. Let's see how he does it in the dub. This is the thing that I was telling you before. Okay. I'm actually a 5,000-year-old spirit living inside the Millennium Puzzle. I was once a pharaoh in Egypt. Okay. So far, I'm with that's you. That's it. Except for the 5,000 no, years it. bit. That's it. There's nothing else. That's it. There's no, That's like... it. And then it just moves on. 
And I was just like, what happens in the sub is like, he says that. And then Mokuba is like, what? <laughs> if you're not Yugi, who are you? And then Yami says, probably the soul of the Pharaoh. And and then it goes into the Ishizu flashback. And then he's like, oh, Ishizu, blah, blah, blah. You know, they just don't really react to it. I think they should have leaned in actually even a little bit more. And Kaiba been like, do you have split personalities? That's not my business. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they should have actually had him go even more. Just like f- such full asshole. That would have been a little funny, though. Would have caused problems later. Hmm. I don't know. I'll, I'll sit on that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and Sub Kaiba says he is, I think, pretty dismissive of it in a way where I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I didn't, it didn't frustrate me, you know? Hmm. Okay. I think I only have one more thing to say about this recap, which is very funny that at one point Kaiba's like, I'm sick of talking about this shit. Um, I'm sick of hearing, I'm sick of talking about your friends, especially that hack, Joey Wheeler, which triggers the Joey flashbacks. But there is an underlying theme throughout these whole next couple episodes where Kaiba's just sitting there. You can tell he's just standing there, vibrating, going like, God, I wish that were me. We'll elaborate on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so... The helicopter has arrived at the destination. It's sort of like at a dock and Kaiba orders the pilot to descend. Yami prepares to disembark and go save his friends. So we're chugging along to the next episode. Yeah. I have a question. I have a discussion question. I would love that. The whole concept of a recap episode. Have you seen shows that you think like did a recap episode well? I feel like they don't happen anymore in this day and age of in the streaming era. But I think that the concept of recap episodes is like intriguing to me because yes. it's like, is it possible to tell like an interesting story that's also just like recapping the past? And it's like, eh. <laughs> I think there's two categories for this. One is like, if you have a really good framing device, the episode can be actually like pretty good. Some examples of this are, I actually can mostly, I think of it's it's mostly an anime trope, but um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, oh, the Hohenheim one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's hard because it's <laughs> yeah. half a recap, half a flashback episode, but it's really good. I have an example of one from a show that I know you haven't seen, so... Mm-hmm. What's the other one you were thinking about? You go first. Finish what you were saying. I actually have two more I'm thinking about. One more from this example, which is Samurai Champloo, which I have seen, is really good. That one has a recap episode, but the recap is done really well because it's from the perspective of a different character in things that have already happened. And so even though they clearly reuse a lot of visuals, like just putting in a couple other things and having like different overarching dialogue makes it really good. Um, one more thing I'm going to say is a funny thing that I have seen in actually non-anime. I think there's an It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes like this where they start it like a recap episode and then they begin to recap and flash back to things that the viewer did not get a chance to see but act as though they did and then like just fucking confuse <laughs> people. So I think like that's the either you have like a really good framing device or framing device, different, I guess there's three types, different perspective, framing device just fucking rocks or troll your audience. What about you? Okay. Yeah, I have two. One, okay, I just thought of this. It's not a clip show, but it does essentially, like, recap the story so far. And it's that episode near the very end of Avatar The Last Airbender where they go to, like, a play about them 
the actors are like acting out all of their adventures and but it's really goofy and then they're like that's wrong that's not how it happened so it does serve as like a semi-recap of everything that's happened so far and I mm-hmm. think it's like five episodes before the end of the season that's a fun episode it's okay, been a like very a very long time since I watched Avatar but I remember that being a good episode. The other one that I just thought of as an example of, like, actually good clip show episode is um, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Ooh. At the end of the first season arc, there's a clip show recap, which is basically the, like, big bad new character of the rest of the series who has not shown up before just fucking shows up and is like, wow, this is very interesting. Let me review what's been going on so far. And then he, like, recaps the, like, major duels of the first 13 episodes and comments on, like, what they say about the characters in Mm -hmm. a way that is both incredibly intriguing because there's all of this foreshadowing of, like, what he's planning and what's going to happen next, but also is a recap, but also, like, you realize shit that you didn't realize before about those scenes that you might have missed the first time. And I've never seen anybody watch it and not be like, ooh, that's very intriguing. Because Udna is very, like, meta. So they do a really good job in that show of picking out exactly the bits that, like, they need to remind you of to be mysterious. (laughs) Which I, I can't believe you still haven't watched Udina. I was just thinking about it the other day. Like, oh, it's so good. Honestly, too, it's like the kind of show that I would like, but like actually probably love and be obsessed with. But like for some reason, my problem is like there's some stuff where I'm like, this would devastate me. I need to like have a couple weeks where I can afford to be devastated. But my life's just been going mm-hmm. at a fucking clipping pace lately. Like I, I don't have time for that. You just need brainless fun stuff and not like a show that you have to actually think about. Yeah, I just watch shenanigans. I will say... There is a lot of humor and shenanigans in Utna. There is also some serious and devastating stuff and a lot of themes, but like it's not relentlessly depressing. If anybody in the Twin Cities area would like has mono and would like to give me mono so I can finally watch Revolutionary Girl Utna, please hit me up. I will take <laughs> mailed saliva samples. Uh, do me a service. Do everybody in my life a service. <laughs> Jenny, the thing is that if you actually do get sick at any point now after this, that means I have carte blanche to be like, now you have to watch Una. Honestly, I'll need the reminder and now I'm craving sickness. That'll be something to look forward to if I get sick because I hate being sick. Oh, that's fucking awesome. No, no, this is a pact. We're making a gentleman's agreement uh, and it's being recorded and reserved for posterity. Perfect. Speaking of, so recap episodes... Do we want to do a manga recap of, like, this little in-between getting to Joey area now? Or do we want to... I mean, we can do it now. There's not that much to say about differences for the next part. Perfect. Although there is a little bit. In the manga, this scene does happen. But, obviously, there's no recap (laughs) type thing. And Mm -hmm. there's less conversation, which I think is really interesting. The part where Yami says, oh, I'm the spirit of the pharaoh and everything is just straight up not there. This yeah. is the the whole conversation is just obviously Yami's worrying about Jinochi, blah, 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 blah. Kaiba just says like, oh, his the Millennium Rod can brainwash people. I find it hard to believe. And then he's like, but if that really is true, he's probably already brainwashed him and is trying to set him up to fight you, which is in fact the case. 
So basically the perfect example of like, this is why you want your former villain on your team. Because they're like, if I had this power as <laughs> yeah. a huge asshole, here's what I would do. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, so manga Kaiba has not had Yami say to him like, oh, I think I'm the spirit of the Pharaoh. We'll keep an eye out for when and how that happens in the manga. All right, then let's get into the next episode. Um, episode number 75. It is titled in English, Friends Till the End, Part 1. And in the original Japanese, it is titled A Cruel Duel, Yugi versus Genochi. Bam, bam, bam. Um, it aired for the first time in Japan on October 2nd, 2001. And for the first time in the United States on June 28th, 2003. Episode starts out with Merrick. Um, leading around sort of a mind, clearly mind control Joey and Taya. I don't think we've described this before, and it's pretty prominent these episodes since there's lots of like close ups on mind controlled people. Um, basically, the eyes go pupilless. As everybody knows, that's what happens in anime if you get mind controlled, is your pupils disappear. It's just fact. We need PSA. Like, you see pupilless people, you're like mind controlled. Also, at least in the dub, there is then an, also an overlay of Merrick's voice, which yet again, he has the my mind slaves voice, which is very funny. So it's like Joey's Brooklyn accent with Merrick's voice over it. It's a little grating. But <laughs> it the, sounds the like drama of the episode does end up overwhelming any admittedly feelings of ridiculousness. In the sub, it's just Joey. I'm pretty sure it is just Joey's voice actor, like, speaking as Joey. Although, if you told me that he was talking in Merrick's voice, I could believe you. Because, like, the Merrick's voice is, like, not that distinct in the sub. And it's kind of hard to, like, recognize voices in a foreign language. So I don't really know. They don't have very obvious cartoon accents for me to pick up on. Um, but then Anzu, when she speaks, she actually speaks in the possessed Anzu that we see in a bit. She speaks in Merrick's voice. Interesting. So he's, like, directly speaking through her. And it does seem like from the way that Joey acts later that it's, like, this is Joey. But he's been, like, brainwashed to act evil. Rather than it's, like, Merrick directly, like, puppeting his body. Which I think is how, what he's doing with possessed Anzu later. So I think there's a distinction there. Like, a gradation of how much Merrick is controlling Fascinating. him. Fascinating. In the dub, there is no distinction. Both are clearly Merrick speaking through. And in fact, mm -hmm. uh, I will now get into the episode so we can sort of elaborate on that. Um, Merrick is leading mind control mm -hmm. Joey and Taya um, along the docks that we saw earlier. He says, soon Yugi and Kaiba are going to come and try to rescue you, but you're my mind slave, so you have to play by my rules. Odeon, uh, or Rashid, comes, tells Merrick, I've secured 12 locator cards for the Battle City Finals. Uh, and Merrick says, oh, this is probably not going to be necessary because this plan's about to work, but I love to have a backup. So now both he, you and I can enter the finals if necessary. His final order is, Odeon, give Joey the special deck that we've prepared so he can fight Yugi. The dialogue in this scene was very amusing to me in the sub because it was so clearly like, I am saying this for the audience's benefit to this thing that we both know, my servant. Because <laughs> he's like, ah, you've used your trap deck to get these locator cards because you're such a talented duelist. I don't need to control your mind or check in on what you're up to because I know that you'll never betray me. And now we've prepared this, this deck for Joey. It was very just like Merrick speaking to Rashid, but mostly to the audience. I just thought it was kind of funny. 
<laughs> oh, Mr. Exposition. It is nice to have these hints about what's going on with this character. There's so much I want to say about Rashid, but that we cannot until we get his entire deal later. Yeah, Can I we just can't. can't. For now, he's just a random henchman. Just anytime I mention Rashid, people who know the spoilers, you know I'm screaming, okay? In the back of my mind, but we'll get there. <laughs> so the best part is that I feel like I'm like, Odeon, and everybody's like, why are you saying this random henchman? Like, does it even matter? And I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know. It, okay, it no. is wild. Just trust me, I care. We care him. We care him. And you will too later if you are a first time watcher. Ellie, this Kaima Yami interaction, it's a little long. I would like to go through the entire dub one basically right until they see Joey. I could be totally fucking wrong. My, this conversation is radically different in the sub, like, alert was going off hardcore. So I'm going to go, I'll, I'll let okay, you know when I'm done, me. but let me go. Okay. Because I think it's pretty interesting in the sub. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued by what they did. It sucks. Okay. In the dub, in the funniest way. So anyway, helicopter's approaching. Yami says, okay, as soon as we land, Mokuba, can you please guide me to where my friends are being held? We can break in and get them out. And Kaiba says, no, I don't want to do that. I actually want to go track down the third god card. I don't care about your friends. We can maybe get them later. Okay, your your instincts were correct. And Yami says, Joey and Taya are literally, we heard on the phone that they are kidnapped. What are you talking about? And Kaiba's like, it's fine. Let's split up and fend for ourselves. Haven't you figured out that teamwork isn't my thing? I'm the one who defeated Loomis and Umbra, Umbra and you didn't help at all. Manifestly untrue. <laughs> Thanks, Kaiba. <laughs> uh, I've taken you to where your friends are. You can, like, handle the rest yourself. And Yami says, fine, I'll do it without your help. That's it. Okay. But I was just sitting there going like, oh my god. So what happens to the sub? Very different conversation in the sub. This is when Kaiba says, oh, well, if brainwashing really is possible, then Merrick's already brainwashed Jinochi to fight you. I mean, that's what I would do. And then- Oh, that's so good. Yami says, Kaiba, I'm willing to risk my life if I have to, to save Jinochi. And then- Kaiba says, there's this contradiction in your heart. When we were dueling against the rare hunters, you were all talking about the power of teamwork. Then it shows a little flashback of Yami being like, we have to work together to beat Loomis and Umbra. If you and Jinochi have to fight each other, where does teamwork go in that? Where's What's the answer to that? Blah, 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 blah. And then Yami's like, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that I'm going to find it. And Kaiba's like, interesting. So yeah, completely different conversation. <laughs> oh, dub. The god cards don't even come up because I actually, I actually put a note in my, like when I was taking notes, I was like, I think it's interesting because I think that he's like genuine, when he says like, what happens to teamwork if you're being forced to fight your friend? I think that's a genuine question. Like, I think mm -hmm. he actually wants Yami to like, teach him the value of teamwork, etc. Yes, even if he's being an asshole about it, it's like challenging him more from like, haha, you're such an idiot to being kind of like, this is going to be difficult. Do you actually have a plan like beyond yeah. like, what does it mean to actually show someone friendship? Like he doesn't fucking know. And Yami's like, LOL, just fucking wing it. <laughs> and you know what? We'll see how it works out for him. <laughs> I'm thinking about that one manga panel. That's, do you have a plan to defeat Pegasus's mind scan? No. No. <laughs> And you know what? That worked out great for him. So let's see how this goes. I know. I love you, Yami. 
He's very good at improvising. Yeah, that that's, yeah, that's, wow. It, it's so interesting how many little conversations there are where it's like the general thrust of the plot is basically the same, but like it big time changes like Kaiba's characterization. If yes. you're like close reading for characterization, it's really interesting. It kind of sucks because like, I feel like Kaiba's still a good character in the dub, but like, I think it's a lot more nuanced in the sub. Like I think they leaned into the asshole mm. stuff, which has funnier moments in the dub, but like in the sub, yeah. there's just so much more of an understanding of the specific interesting ways in which he's an asshole and his journey of yeah. self-discovery. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, like, Doug Kaiba is, like, a distinct character. The differences are not always bad. Okay, let's put it this way. The differences are usually for the worst, but they are often very, very funny. So, like, I'll let it slide in many cases. (laughs) Yeah. So Mokuba sees Joey standing on the pier. Um, They all hop out of the helicopter. There's a quick scene where Merrick says, sort of laughs to himself, and says, oh, when Yugi finds out that I've turned Joey against him, he's just going to be devastated, which pretty true. So they all mm-hmm. hop out. Yami, like, runs up to him. Uh, but Joey, and yet again, in the dub, he's not, like, vague about it. He explicitly says, oh, I am, Joey's gone. Uh, Merrick's in control now. Interesting. In the sub, they pretty, they don't really get into it, but they do say multiple times, they say, like, Merrick made Joey hate you. Like, Merrick made Jinochi fight you. Um, It seems more like Merrick turned Joey evil than that Merrick is puppeting Joey's body, which it sounds like the latter is more what the dub is implying. Yeah. Which I did, I was kind of like, huh. Because so far we've only seen Merrick puppet people's bodies and not turn them evil. So I do think that the dub, I feel like that kind of makes it make more sense. I feel like the dub is more consistent with Merrick's powers, but I actually feel like having it be the sub is more emotionally impactful. Because, it's more like, dramatic that way, yeah. It's more dramatic, and we do know that Joey is capable of being a bully and mean specifically to Yugi. Mm-hmm. And so, like, having yeah. him be acting like just a dick version of himself versus, like, this is Merrick yeah. in my friend's body is just more emotionally horrifying for Yugi. They don't lean on that, probably Mm -hmm. because, like, a lot of the anime viewers wouldn't have watched the, like, wouldn't have read the early manga early, very early, like, before they became friends, Jinochi was, like, bullying Yugi. And I I thought it could have been interesting and possibly pulled the heartstrings a little more if they had, like, brought that up more. Hmm. But they didn't, honestly. It's emotional enough without, but me in my head, I was like, I'm coming up with ways to make it more emotional. <laughs> more devastating, please. Thank you. I love additional trauma. Let's fucking go. <laughs> so you may be wondering, so Kaiba and Mokuba are still loitering around, especially since uh, in the dub, Kaiba was just like, I'm breaking up with you and leaving. Uh, why is he sticking around? At least according to dub logic. Kaiba says, oh, well, if Joey is working for Merrick now, and he always, in the dub, it's very funny in these next couple episodes, he always phrases it rather than, like, Joey's under Merrick's control. He's just like, Joey's working for Merrick, as though, you know, Merrick offered Joey some good, a good benefits package, and Joey was like, guess I better fucking switch sides. Uh, but anyway, Kaiba says, well, Joey probably has the third Egyptian god card, and I want to get that. So no matter who wins, I'll just duel whoever wins and get a god card, potentially two god cards. Amazing. 
Yeah, like I said in the sub, Kaiba just is like, I want to see this play out. So the dual setup is the mind control Joey sort of leads them to this pier that is more explicitly over the water. And basically the setup is it's like a dock, it's a square dock. The center is hollow to the water um, and they are facing each other. Oh, another important thing is the person who describes the setup is actually a mind-controlled Taya. So Taya walks down yeah. from, like, a nearby ship and says, you'd better do exactly what Merrick says. So Taya is sort of explaining, we're seeing that there's sort of metal beams that are supporting a huge-ass anchor that's suspended over the square of the water. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, that is how big, like, a really big, I guess a really big ship would have an anchor that big. Yeah, like, for, like, a huge steam liner. It might be this, might be like, um, we see Merrick like come in on a huge ship. Yeah, that's just his ship, I bet. Oh. Maybe it's just like from his ship and his, his stuff. What do you think he named his ship? Actually, I don't think we could do the, do accurate ones without spoilers. I don't know. It does, it does have the Millennium Eye symbol like on the side of the ship, which I think is fun. The Millennium Ship. Yeah. The SS, give me the Millennium Items, please. <laughs> <laughs> So Taya explains, possessed Taya, should I say, explains, Joey and Yuga, Yugi both have to cuff themselves by the ankle to a chain that's attached to the anchor. When a player's life reaches zero, they have 30 seconds and the anchor is going to drop to the bottom of the o- ocean. When the other player's life points reach zero, your box, there's like a box near your ankle that will open up. You'll have 30 seconds to free yourself with the key that's inside while the loser is going to be dragged down by the anchor to the bottom of the sea. So it's a duel to the death. Kind of evokes the arcana or arcana duel in terms of... Yeah, similar setup with a box and a key. Yeah, just similar in terms of like ankle danger, eminent death, but rather than slicing slash shadow discs, this is just you're going to fucking drown. Does four kids try to like soften or censor this in any way or is it fine is implied death by drowning okay but implied death by falling off of a building not okay i was keeping an eye out for this so they don't do any visual edits at least that i could see i will say they continually use the drag to the depths kind of thing or like flowery language they never say die obviously yeah they don't specifically say the word drown or die yes they don't say drown Drown surprised okay. me because it's kind of hard. It, and it, a couple times it gets a little flowery because they, I think they probably had it on a list. They were like, you can't say drown. And so they have yeah. to get, kind of be like, you'll be sunk to the bottom of the sea. You'll be food for the fishes. You can hear them writing around the word drown. Exactly. Yeah. It's like in um, Power Rangers, they're not allowed to say the word bomb for some reason. And there's a whole season of Power Rangers where like they're literally dubbing the villain from the Japanese version is literally throws giant bombs as like her <laughs> shtick. And like, they just call them detonators. <laughs> the hell yeah. <laughs> it's still a bomb, but they're not allowed to say bomb, which is very funny to me. All right, last thing about this setup is mind-controlled Taya sits in a, like, dock that's even further away. She's seated in a chair. She's restrained on her wrists and ankles. And Merrick says, if you refuse this duel, there's a timer set to blow the anchor after 60 minutes if there's no winner, which will drag you both into the sea. And also, if any of you try anything to, like, save either of them, they then, like, fucking Looney Tunes style, there's, like, a crane that has this giant crate that's gonna move over Taya's head. Yeah, there's a shipping crate that will drop on Anzu's head and crush her. 
He even says, okay, if you win, because Yami's like, oh, are you going to free my friends if you win? And Merrick says, yeah, I'll free them, but you'll have to fish Joey out of the ocean. Like, this setup, there's not an easy setup. So, immediate distraction. I have to pop in and say, when they reveal the whole, like, ship and crate to kill Anzu setup, there's a Kaiba moment that made me laugh for no real reason, where he's just him shouting, I do not approve of this! And I was like, this has reaction image slash meme potential. Just Kaiba <laughs> shouting, I do not approve! I fucking wish that happened. He's, he is a weirdly quiet until a very specific point in this duel, which I think is very funny. Like, basically, Mokuba does, yeah. like, 90% of the talking. Mokuba's like, oh no, Tay's gonna die! Oh no, this is happening and he's just sitting there like yeah Kaiba's like oh shit they can't do this and then basically he's just like there's nothing I myself in my own person could actually do but he does clearly like disapprove and is like oh shit what's going on here uh one more thing about the Taya setup is so the crane that's about to drop a crate onto Taya is controlled by a nearby to her rare hunter that has like a button that will like drop the crate on her and after locking herself into the chair chain thing, possessed Anzu just sits down and then Merrick leaves Anzu. So it like she comes back to herself. Yeah, this is such a dick move. The way that she phrases it in the dub, oh, I wouldn't want Taya to miss the show, leaves her body. She's been like possessed. Like last time she probably just remembers being in the warehouse with Mokuba. And now she's like strapped to a chair. Her best friends are facing each other in a duel. She's like got a fucking crate over her head. Oh, she has some banger lines in the dub coming up though. I'm so excited. Taya really goes through it in this one. She is freaking out very understandably. Also, can I just say... I was thinking this like kind of near the beginning of this episode, but isn't it weird that we haven't heard, we're going to in just a little bit, but isn't it weird that we haven't heard anything from Yugi, not Yami Yugi, this whole time since Jinochi has been kidnapped? Like, wouldn't you think you would get like some reaction yes. or character moment with him talking to Yami in their mind? Like, I, I mean, spoilers in the next episode little Yugi is gonna pop out and he's gonna be a major presence and everything so it doesn't bother me as much but I just feel like it's weird I do think that's very odd I think they're probably just saving it I also do think and this is kind of a deeper discussion I think there's moments and this is actually probably giving them way more credit than they deserve I think there's moments where Yugi and Yami's reactions would be so similar that they don't even really bother to do it and they kind of imply that it's basically like both of them reacting in tandem yeah no I think you're right actually like I kind of thought that as I was saying it, mm-hmm. would that be kind of redundant? But it's not like Yu-Gi-Oh has never put in redundant scenes just to fill space. I think honestly, though, these episodes, and we'll get into it, the pacing is so actually like, we've got shit to do that they're like, unlike usually, they're like, no redundancy, just go. We have a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting into sort of the dueling proper. One big setup for that is... Yugi, your god card is off limits. Remove that card from your deck. Yami doesn't really have a choice. So very funny dub line. He takes off one of his belts and is like, this is the belt where I keep my special cards. And currently the only (laughs) two cards in there. I kind of assumed that it would be, you know, Slive the Sky Dragon, Dark Magician, maybe Dark Magician Girl. I was kind of like, oh, what are the special cards going to be? Very sweet. The only two cards in there are Slive for the Sky Dragon and the Red Eyes Black Dragon. So as Yugi is taking out Slive for the Sky Dragon, he notices, oh, yeah, the Red Eyes Black Dragon that I won from the Red Hunter who took it from Joey. And I remember I was going to promise to, like, have Joey win it back for me. But this might actually be a really good way 
to trigger Joey into remembering our friendship. So I'm going to make sure, even though I can't use Slifer, I'm going to slip this into my deck. It's like, I have to duel with red eyes in my deck. Yeah. So the duel begins. Before we get to the duel proper, there is a Tristan and Serenity scene. It gets covered that Serenity, this is Serenity's first time back in Domino City since their parents got divorced. So she's feeling kind of nostalgic and there's a quick, cute, very cute little young Joey Serenity flashback where they're like wandering through the city. I know. I was like, oh, it's adorable. Look at them. They're like little babies. They're so cute. So Tristan says, okay, let's go find... let's go find the gang let's find joey in particular so he goes to a payphone and tries to call taya's cell phone there's a good shot of it broken on the ground where they were initially nabbed by the rare hunters so yeah obviously she doesn't answer did you see his little um his her little karibo thingy i know her little karibo phone charm it's adorable yeah phone charm is the word i completely forgot and just said thingy but you knew what i meant Mm Uh, he wanders back up to Serenity and says, oh, that's so weird Taya didn't answer. I guess we're just going to have to wander around and find him. As we sort of fade away, we see that several rare hunters are watching them. So they're in danger. Back to the duel. Clearly, Joey is working with a deck that has a lot of his same monsters, but has very powerful magic cards. The two cards that are going to appear very consistently throughout this duel and are really fucking annoying are Raigeki, a card that basically just destroys a monster that's on the field, as well as a Hirotama, which just does 500 points of direct do they, damage. Do they talk in the dub? In the in the sub, Kaiba is like, direct damage dealing cards are banned in the Battle City tournament? No. what? Oh, no. All Kaiba says is, oh, how does a third-rate duelist like Wheeler have power? These this like powerful of cards in his deck? He doesn't say anything about it being illegal. Yeah, it might have been um, Mokuba, but somebody said that like these cards are banned for tournament play. Interesting. Merrick said, "I I feel like this must be some kind of mistranslation. Genochi's deck has many forbidden cards. Oh no, I guess that makes sense." He said. It's not a mistranslation, but he said that the ghouls forged, which I guess by forged, he means like they printed fake cards, right? But I was like, what? Like on an anvil? (laughs) Like they were forged in the fires. Well, I mean, I kind of like the dub line they make on this more because like the whole point is that the rare hunters like hunt down rare cards. And he's like, oh yeah, they've been like dueling people Mm -hmm. and gathering rare cards for me. And this is what I've collected, which I think makes more sense and makes them sound a little more intimidating. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. But I did think the whole thing about like, oh, these cards aren't legal anymore, are, are illegal cards, was interesting. So anyway, um, he's getting wailed on. Yami, his heart is obviously not fully in it because this is his friend, whereas Joey, possessed by Merrick, he's fully going at him. So the heart of the cards is not quite on Yami's side right now because he's, you know, his, his heart is distracted. Uh, we get another cut to Tristan and Serenity. Um, so Tristan and Serenity are walking down the street. Tristan even apologizes and says, oh, I'm sorry we didn't think to have, like, a meeting place with Joey before I picked you up. And Serenity says, eh, we'll find them. They'll be here somewhere. Um, they get surrounded <laughs> by rare hunters. And Tristan is like, get on my back. So Serenity climbs on his back, Mokuba style, and just, like, runs off with her down an alleyway. And the rare hunters are like, get him! We then cut back to Taya, who's like, what? It's finally like, what is going on? And Mokuba, and yet again, this is kind of the cute Mokuba-Taya friendship that's developing, is Mokuba's like, here's everything that happened. Merrick's brainwashing Joey. He has to duel in order to get the god card. <laughs> da, 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 da. And Taya's like, 
oh my god, this he must be the one Ishizu was warning us about. Everybody, you have to stop this duel. He starts like yelling. She starts yelling at Kaiba and is like, stop the duel. And the henchman who has the like fucking remote control like a crusher is like, hey, shut up. And she just looks at him in the dub and is like, you won't do it. And then just like keeps yelling. And I was like, she literally was like, do it, pussy. And then just like kept fucking yelling. And to her credit, he does it. Kill me, bitch. I'm not afraid to die. I love her. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and Kaiba's just sort of sitting there going like, Ugh. and Mokuba, actually Mokuba's the one that is very explicitly like, no, we're not risking your safety, Taya. We'll figure something else out. So very cute, which was very sweet. All right, so Yami's playing defensively, um, but Joey just keeps on fucking hammering him with these. Oh, this is something, the last thing that I probably want to say, so this, this um... Episode kind of ends mid after, uh, or he's been using Hinotama to, like, directly attack life points and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I guess it actually kind of makes sense that in the sub they explicitly are like, this is an illegal duel. Because in, so in the actual Duel Monsters rules, you can't have more than three of one card. And I did count, and Hinotama is used without magic, like, replenish or, like, bring back magic card things five times in this duel. So I was like, oh, huh, it's kind of weird they don't mention this is illegal. So it's, like, in multiple ways illegal, yeah? Yeah, so that actually makes a lot more sense. That kind of makes things work. I don't think it actually... I don't remember seeing it, like, sit on the field, but I, I got the impression that, like, unlike the real version of the card, that, like, anime Hinotama was, like, a continuous spell that you could just keep activating. But I think the idea that he has, like, extra copies of it is probably actually... Right. Gotcha. But yeah, the, the import, it doesn't really matter. The important thing is that he just keeps doing it. So the episode ends with another particularly nasty Hinotama hit. Yami's fucking smoking from the blast. Things are looking rough for our boy. How are they going to get out of this one? How will Yami and Yugi use the power of friendship to get through to Joey? Tune in next week to find out. Some good shit right there. Yeah, so before we talk about the episode, are there is there a manga difference for the start of this duel as well that you'd like to discuss? Yeah. Okay, so I have a couple of things. Okay. One of them is, an, like I said, we, we've talked about the Kaiba, where you were saying that he, in the, the dub, is like, wah, wah, like, um, I want the Egyptian god cards, I'm not gonna help you, or whatever. And then the sub is him being like, what do you do if you're fighting your friend? Are you gonna be able to show me the answer to mm -hmm. that? The manga version, it's the same. Um, and then he says... Kaiba says, this is literally just one line, but I was like, the, um, Kaiba says, Yugi, do you know why people fight? Why they want to win so badly? It's because of the passion of winning so that we can love ourselves in that moment. And I was like, bro, we don't have time to unpack that. Oh my like, god. <laughs> the implications that has for Kaiba's character, I was like, that's crazy. Like, the idea that, like, you can't love yourself unless you win. I was like, dude, are you listening to what you're saying right now? That is the strongest like, <laughs> king please go to buddy. therapy moment we've heard so far. Holy shit. I know. King, please go to therapy. Oh my god. Oh, This is what I was talking about. I think it was, like, last episode or the episode before I was saying there's, like, a manga moment where I was like, Kaiba, get therapy. <laughs> oh, my poor son. The other thing is that... Oh, yeah, instead of Anzu being, like, a giant shipping crate is gonna fall on her, possessed Anzu has these pills, and Merrick is like, these are poison pills. Oh my god. And I'm gonna make her swallow them. And so she's, like, holding this pill in her mouth. Which, the effect is the same, but I'm pretty sure they were just like, this is a little too 
Like, we need to make it a little more cartoony. I just feel like anything that's, like, related to drug then, stuff, too. That's one of the things where I feel like Japan and American television are equally as, like, ooh, about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a difference between drugs and, like, this capsule contains a deadly poison. <laughs> you know? I know, but they think about kids and stuff. But I see what you mean in terms of the imagery, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the other thing is that the reason for Kaiba uh, not interfering in the anime, it's just like, oh, Anzu is going to die. And also, like, what would he, like, literally, what would he even do? In the manga, uh, Kaiba's like, can't believe Merrick's mind control is this strong to make them fight a sick duel like this. And he actually does. He's, like, ready to jump in and try to stop it. Um, he also has a thought bubble that says, even at my worst, I would never have done something like this, which like- Disagree! I don't know, buddy. This isn't a million years away from- I've read the Death Tea arc. I was gonna <laughs> say, not sure about that one, King. Also, not gonna lie, when you first said, this is a sick duel, I thought- guess I forgot it was Kaiba, so I was like, oh, this duel is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, this is sick and twisted. That makes more sense. Merrick's sick and twisted moments, for real. You know what? Things are clicking now. I get it. Just as he's about to um, jump in, a couple of the rare hunters, one of them has a knife, and they jump up and they grab Mokuba, and so they're, like, threatening Mokuba. So that's what stops Kaiba from jumping Mm -hmm. in. So, you know, just a couple of little details. That's basically all that there is to note that's different. All right. Well, what did you think of... I think we already kind of talked about recap episode and how it uh, shaped up compared to other episodes, but what did you think about this first episode? I thought it was a quite... I mean, I am a huge fan of these episodes, but I'm always very like, okay, I can be a fan of, like, general moments, but try to be critical of, like, the pacing or things about certain episodes. I was still a really big fan. I think it's an incredible setup episode where, like, it's, like, a really slow escalation of stakes. I think everybody's doing really well. I think I I did say that the one thing that I find kind of negative throughout this and the recap episode is, like, Dub Kaiba can be a little grating. But he's about to actually have quite a few good moments, so I'll let it slide. And everything else is just, like, good setup, good pacing. It flowed really well, and I really wanted to watch the next episode. This is also... And this will come yeah. up more and more in the next couple episodes. This is another excellent Yu-Gi-Oh! duel in that the duel is actually pretty interesting. And every single fucking turn has something happen that has, like, some emotional significance. Character relevance and, like, thematic. Yeah. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. both in terms yeah. of the show and also the game at its best. So, big fan. Yeah. I have another complaint about this episode. Let's fucking go. Actually, what I think is the biggest flaw the animation sucks <gasps> i didn't even think about that it's not as good <laughs> okay it's not that bad but it's pretty bad it's like c tier Yu-Gi-Oh animation i would say there are some really goofy faces i just like this duel is so intense and i want the animation to match the feel. But there's a lot of like, and in the next episode as well, there's just a lot of like weird, maybe more so the next episode than this one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But there's just a lot of like weird off model moments where like Joey's head is way too big or like it just, this is kind of the manga comparison brain here because the manga art is like very consistently solid. And so like whenever the shifts in art style in the anime, like whenever there's an episode where it's like, eh, they didn't really put the 
the talent in on this one. It's just a bummer because I'm like, this could look so much cooler. <laughs> Absolutely true. I think that like wonky animation really hurts when there's like really good emotional moments because like you kind of need the facial expressions and stuff. Yeah. Like the voice actor can only do so much. It's particularly frustrating. I actually didn't even really think about that. I keep on forgetting that this show is anime. I- I'm so like emotionally invested in everything that's happening that I kind of just like phase out. I know what you mean. <laughs> like it sounds weird, but I know exactly what you mean. That you stop noticing the art. Yeah, but that should be a negative because like there's there's in like the especially the last episode, which we won't talk about for a while, there's like some really good animation moments I actually remember. Yeah. But it's honestly really <laughs> flat. You're right. Okay, that's an excellent point. I can't believe I fucking forgot about that. I mean, I think that shows that it's bad but not like yeah. aggressively horrible, but still it could be so much better. Yeah, definitely. That's why I said, like, C-tier. I mean, like, some of the worst stuff in, like, the Millennium World arc, you know, that's, I think, is, like, the lowest tier of, like, Dual Monsters animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, I, I think, I guess, because I'm, like, an artist, I don't know, maybe I notice art more, but, like, it's not so much about the art being bad it's more about how inconsistent it is like when there is just no pattern as to whether you're getting like really banger animation or like pretty bad animation or like just fine i would almost rather the whole thing look fine than it be so like up and down you know yeah. it's kind of weird that's true because then it makes the parts that aren't as good more highlighted especially because they don't like, you would think that it would be, like, the more fillery duels where it would be kind of eh. But instead, it's just, like, in the middle of a duel mm-hmm. from episode to episode. It'll switch over. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm not watching this show for the animation quality. True. Like, <laughs> true. I'm watching it for the, not really the card games, for the homoerotic emotional states stakes. And if you're interested in that, next couple episodes are for you. I'm so fucking excited. I love, I think we mentioned before, just the next like 10 to 15 episodes are just bangers, bangers, bangers. Let's keep chugging. I like how we were worried that because we were just talking about this one episode and then this like five minutes of recap episode (laughs) that we weren't going to be able to like fill a full episode's worth of time, but we absolutely did. It's fine. It turns out we can talk about this show a lot if you just get us started. Get us started slash I genuinely think if the episode is even pretty good, you can actually talk about it quite a bit. It's just dual heavy episodes, which next episode is obviously like the duel has started, but... As you guys will see, we're going to be back to one episode a week because even with the duel, the duel is like actually relevant and there's just so much other shit going on. We got to go slow on this one, y'all. Yeah, this is one of those ones where we we take it slower. Looking forward to it. See you guys next week. Bye. All right. Yep. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.